congratulations, you made it to the X-Fill. You can sit back, relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. This week, we are continuing our conversation about game design. We're going to focus on beta and how beta software affects our expectations, how we look at companies with these kind of incomplete products that are just wanting our feedback or help in various stages. Do we care anymore about betas? I mean, Steam has got early access to so many different games, and it's very, very common now. Tonight, we're going to dive into this and, well, probably more. (laughs) Oh, we're definitely going to talk about more. (laughs) I don't think we've ever stuck to a script ever, but... uh... Let's let's jump into the beta talk, because this week I actually happened to do some betas that you may not even be aware of. And I spent some time in some other games that I normally wouldn't have spent. And they just entered early access in one case. And I spent some time in a game that's could be coming out of beta soon as well. So I don't know what stage these are in. I say early access. There's alpha. There's beta. There's Steam has some sort of name for it, but it's basically where I guess I'm not allowed to be mad or something. I don't know, but <laughs> it's it's made me consider Tarkov in ways that I hadn't thought about Tarkov in a long time this way, or I hadn't thought about Tarkov this way for quite some time. So I guess when when you bring up betas, and that's what, kind of what we're going to go into tonight, like what, what did you have in mind? Where did you want to start? Well, I think we should start a little bit with the difference kind of in our expectation. Maybe you and I, we can speak to this question between a free beta and a paid beta. Because right now, Tarkov would be a paid beta. It'd be something where you are paying, expecting to get the game for free eventually, or the completed game at some point. And then there's early access or sometimes free-to-play betas, right? Which are, hey, this game is new. It's out here. We just need some people to jump on, stress the servers out see how fast they can break it and whatever. And so, I don't know, do you have a higher expectation or a different expectation out of a paid beta, even knowing full well that it's incomplete? No, I don't think so. I definitely look at it a little bit more and consider it a little bit more personally. I don't know that I have a different expectation because I've sort of trained myself and maybe gaming companies have trained me now that you ask this question. But I look at how I'm going to pay for a game or the payment model. And I just look at that as how they're going to generate income, because there's a lot of free to play games out there that I love and are great. And there's a lot of games that I pay for and they still have microtransactions. And I guess I don't really care at this stage what a game costs, but a paid beta does have me look at it different. And I'll kind of get into the game that I tried out because it was a free beta. There was no risk to me to try it out. Whereas Tarkov, I considered for years, probably. So is that an expectation thing? I don't think so. It's more of a risk thing for me. Makes sense. I mean, if you're going to actually buy 
a beta game, there is the question of what am I actually getting here? And in Tarkov's case, you're paying a lot of money for a beta game. And so I guess, you know, one question would be, how many patches do you think a game should stay in beta? You know, obviously Tarkov's been in beta now for five years. How many patches do you think is it before it's just a game that's getting iterated on? You know, I'm curious on your opinion on that. Oh, man. I My opinion stems from, like, PUBG, right? They were in alpha and then beta and then in 2018 i think they went technically 1.0 or full release and it correlated with the release of their second map and now there's like five or six and two that aren't in rotation or whatever there's times where i still look at PUBG and i'm like this game is still in beta <laughs> like it's it still feels like it never got out of it so i guess the joke and the way that i sort of feel is that most games release early now because it's a way for them to generate money. And I think it's sort of unfortunate because games used to release when they were done or when they were mostly done. It's challenging for me because I think if Tarkov, like this next patch, just said, hey, this is the game, they have created a very successful seasonal model game. Now, they would have to iterate on it going forward, but even in its current state, it's been the like craziest, I, I always say first 12 months, because after the first 12 months, I've sort of really understood Tarkov, and I love the game, and I want and hope to see the continued development, and I enjoy it for what it is right now. I've experienced most of the content that I want out of Tarkov after spending a really solid 12 months. So that being said, there's a lot of games that I've paid for and did not get anywhere close to the level that I have with Tarkov. So, and, and we're not trying to like poke fun at Tarkov saying it's in beta or it's not in beta. That's not the point of this. But I'll come back to this idea of the patches. I don't know. I don't know when you would consider a game fully released because in a seasonal world, in a seasonal model, Tarkov's a fully released game. It's been 1.0 for quite a while. I would almost argue that the Twitch Drops event correlated with Tarkov Seasonal 1.0. Right. The game was good enough to release it to hundreds of thousands of players and take the concurrent base from very small to very large and very consistent over a long period of time. So from seasonal Tarkov perspective, 1.0 was the Twitch drops event in 2019. As far as persistent Tarkov goes, the game is nowhere near 1.0 persistent or MMO Tarkov, in my opinion. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I think that Tarkov probably is going to have to make a choice soon, being that they are such a fleshed out game at this point to the seasonal model. It's ready to go as far as that goes. And if that's the game that they want to be, if they want to be a seasonal game, then they should start cater towards that. I mean, at, and just release the game, get it out there and start selling it, you know, as a completed game because it is good for that. But I agree, if it, if they made a choice now, it would be odd to me to make a choice now for it to be more of a persistent MMO five years into the beta process. We've talked a lot about how the game probably needs to have a mode or something like that in order to retain some of the players that it, it's attracted at this point. But if they're going to go down that route, then the game is pretty incomplete. So that's why, it, to me, it's kind of fascinating. They've got all these patches that they've gone through gotten it to the place that it is and yet we're still at this this idea of how long is this beta 
going to last. And so coming back to my original question is our expectation of what is a patch for a beta game? You know, like in a, in a completed game, we would expect DLC, right? We'd expect a patch to be DLC, something along the lines of a new experience, whether that's a level, whether that's a map, whatever. We're looking for a new experience in the game. And Tarkov has added new experiences as patches and added new systems as patches along the way as well. And so it's really interesting that this beta game has gotten almost the treatment of the full game for, I would agree, for for a while now. One of the things that I would expect to see in a beta game is really testing out features like, you know, put something in like, oh, this doesn't work. It's out. Right. Relatively quick, not prolonged testing periods. And one of the things with Tarkov is sometimes the testing periods are long and then they make wide sweeping changes or, you know, this wipe, they've really tested, I would say, crafting and hideout improvements. And it'll be interesting to see if those things stay or change. And I would almost expect that they will because they put all of these crafts into the hideout for a lot of high tier items. If you look back to just before we started playing, and the flea market's a relatively new concept. If you're, you know, if you've been playing Tarkov the whole time, flea market's relatively new, hideout's really new. And so it went from you had to find everything and there was no way to trade with people to now you can trade with people and then you can craft most of the high tier items. So in terms of like what they've tested, they've they've really done it all from a item standpoint, from a find and raid, not find and raid, for task, not for task, all this stuff. It'll be really interesting from that one thing to pay attention to what happens next with hideout, what happens next with flea market, because I think that could talk to us about how close are we to beta really being done, because this wipe, I mean, you can craft a Letex. You can craft basically all of those high tier things in the intelligence center that are, you know, either you have to go to reserve or labs or hard places to find, and you now have an alternate path on that. And that's a very MMO thing, right? You can PVE or earn money and turn that into a very expensive item. That's an MMO system. That's a persistent system. So it'll be interesting to see if they stick with that or if they dial it back a little bit under this beta context. And that's that's one of the things I've been really focused on from a patch standpoint is are they broadening the way to get things done, which I would argue they have, or are they going to start tightening things up and buttoning down how they want the experience to be? Right now, what we're seeing is a broadening in terms of like outgame systems. But you brought up something really critical to the in-game. When you see a patch in a game, it's DLC. And when you see a patch in games like this, it would be a new area. Tarkov does that. They release a new area or they expand on an area. But I think one of the pieces that suggests that we really are in a beta is that they're releasing these areas, but they're not releasing like a batch of quest content with it. It just feels incomplete. Like they expanded customs, they expanded woods, we're about to get a factory expansion, but we didn't get any story tied to it. We didn't get any reason to go there other than its new landscape to PvP on or there's a new spawn for the scav boss. And that's really it, right? New places to loot, new scav boss, but there's kind of a chunk missing, which really speaks to me of the persistence is still in beta. And I guess that's where there's a huge opportunity to release these new areas and alongside of it say, hey, we just launched this brand new tasking that's going to 
take you through the new area of customs and woods or, hey, we just launched a new thing that is completely focused on customs and you're going to have to go into the new area a lot. That's what I would expect from a fully released game that launches a new area. Agreed. It seems like what we're getting are new places to play existing systems. It's kind of what Tarkov's expansions have felt like to me in the last couple of patches, which is really interesting because I thought the Woods expansion was great. I think that it opened up the rest of the map in a way that made it much more playable for a number of people, which I thought was great. And again, just the next iteration of the Woods in beta, I guess, would be to look at it. But I'm still going to come back to this idea that how many patches does a beta game get and still be in beta? You know, and the reason I'm asking this question is because Tarkov may be setting an unrealistic expectation for the final product. And as we kind of explore this idea, every game launches at 1.0 with problems. <laughs> they all do. None of them are, are good at 1.0. Tarkov seems to be either chasing an incomplete vision of development, which could be, or in recent times have been reacting more to player feedback, which has affected game design in a way that makes me think that the direction for the game is not something independent of, you know, the player feedback and reaction. That has me kind of wondering, are we setting ourselves up for unrealistic expectations for a 1.0 Tarkov? I mean, what do you feel about that? I, I have mixed feelings, right? Because I have high hopes. I have high hopes that Everything that we've heard from Nikita and Battlestate continues to get developed, but then I have the realistic side. You know, they said that in one of the podcasts and over the last few months that they were working on their first story quest line. And I'm like, years into the game, we're working on the first story quest line, right? And, and I'm, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here because I'm not trying to paint this super negative picture. I'm trying to paint a realistic picture of, okay, we're years into the development of this game. We're in beta still. And we're expanding all of these areas, but not really doing anything other than adding scabs and moving scab bosses around. And in the case of Woods, there was like two tasks added and, you know, half of a task added. So you had to go to the other marked area. But we're not getting story. We're not getting tasks. We're not getting any additional things to do or things to progress. You're right. We're just getting to go out there and experience the same game in a little bit more area. And so to just be talking about the first storyline task, it's like, okay, how many storyline tasks are there going to be? How long has this one been in development? How long does it take to actually implement? And that, that speaks to, in my opinion, there's a very long period between where we are even today and release. I think this beta period still has a long way to go. Do you think that a non-persistent game can have story tasks? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would argue that most games have story if they're non-persistent. I guess I, I sort of like that option. I think it's actually a, a really powerful tool because, because there's some people that like experiencing the story. And if you have options within the story, you can go down and explore all of those options. I'm somebody like Diablo 3 has a story. And I think we talked about it last episode a little bit. To put it into a little more context, the first time you play Diablo 3, you only have access to the story mode campaign. And you have to complete that entire campaign. Upon doing that, every future character you make in Diablo 3 no longer has the requirement of going through story mode. So if you want, you can go through the story mode on each different character 
And each character has different little story arcs or different nuance. And I think there's a lot of players that enjoy that kind of thing. They want to experience the barbarian. They want to experience the witch doctor and and the differences in those stories. I'm not somebody that particularly likes solo PvE content. You know, I think I beat that horse to death with a stick. I don't mind it, and I enjoy a story once. I'm not somebody who goes back and reads books more than once. I like to read a book and I'm done with it, right? I'm not going to go watch a season of a show again. I've watched it. I'm done with it. There's some people that watch shows over and over and over because they like to catch the nuance, and it's very rare for me to do something like that. However, that can and I think should exist in a non-persistent game because replayability isn't and shouldn't be restricted to PvP or the ability to keep going. I mean, I had friends that played Final Fantasy VII like 80 times. That's not something I would do, (laughs) right? But that game had replayability. It was a non-persistent game and it had a story. I think it should exist. I think it needs to exist, especially in a game like Tarkov. Yeah, I'm trying to answer my own question. I find myself wanting to say that I'll play the game every wipe regardless of if it means it's a lot of redundant type tasking or redundant type PvE options as well as PvP. Like it or not, Tarkov does have PvE. Lots of the questing is PvE based. And so I find myself wanting to do that for replayability. However, I'm not sure in this model if it's going to be interesting enough at this point for me to do that. Time will tell with that. But when I was thinking about the idea, like, should a non-persistent game have, like, a a single-player quest line, I I, I guess I don't know. I I don't have, I guess, as strong an opinion, maybe, as you do about it. I know other games have tried it, but it's just, if you're going to wipe the entire game and really have nothing that carries over between wipes. I just don't know if there's a space for that that really makes sense. And maybe that's since we are still in beta, tying this back to it, maybe they could try carrying over certain stats or pieces of your progression through the wipe just to see. Because like you said, how continuing characters in Diablo, you don't need to have to do that you know, quest line or storyline over again, you know, that that definitely could be something they look at. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about my own question. I'll put it in in my context. It's an interesting question because it has me thinking about it in a way that I wasn't really prepared for. But I'll say I'll say this. My situation right now is I completed all of my goals in Tarkov this wipe. We started talking game design. We did this survey. We dug into the initial parts of the survey. We're going to come back and get through the rest of those results. They're just It's a lot to chew up. It's a lot of processing time. And since I met my goals, since we're talking about design, I've been playing other games. I've been playing WoW Classic, and I look forward to Burning Crusade Classic, which is coming out. And I've been playing PUBG. I've been playing Hearthstone. I've been playing other games thinking about design. And I've never really done that. I've never really like looked at a game and be like, why was this designed this way? Why did they make this decision? Is it effective? Do I like it? And there's some things that I've realized about some games that I love that I absolutely hate. <laughs> like they've designed something specifically to trap me and they succeeded. Dang it. I look at it, I'm like, that was a really smart developer and design decision because it has me coming back and wanting to check things out. So I say that because one of the things I've realized about my character 
is that the thing that I most look forward to now, having completed my season in the current state of the game and knowing that there is still one more wipe, knowing that we're not at 1.0 yet, is that the thing that I most look forward to now is the reset. And I don't have a large desire to log in and play right now, but I realize that the thing that I really do like, the thing that I really enjoy about Tarkov is the tasking and the questing and the journey. And once you get Kappa, or I'm talking to myself, right? Once I got Kappa, once I got over level 40, once I got the cases, once I did all of that, my journey was done. There's really no end game content at that point outside of killing scav bosses a bunch of times for something that will disappear. You know, once the game is persistent and it's 1.0, you can bet money I will get Killa dead as many times as it takes to unlock something. I don't know how quickly. It may take me two or three years. But if it's persistent, I don't care how long it takes. Because for me, it's the achievement of doing it. And I once I earn it, I earn it. But right now, I'm considering resetting my account. That's something I never thought I would say, right? In the first three wipes that I played, I never thought I would be somebody who's like, I'm going to reset my account because I want to experience the journey again. But then I have to battle this in my mind is that right now, the design of Tarkov is such that the journey, the playing of the game has to be so compelling that I'd want to do that. And not just right now, not to have some other experience or put maybe some constraint on myself to make it harder. But right now, Battlestate is relying on all of us doing that at the wipe at some undisclosed time in the future. And I think that is a really challenging design when the vision is out there for persistence. Because I have, I'm sitting here battling with myself is, okay, do I spend time in other games that I enjoy because my season is done with Tarkov and I'm just waiting for the next season? Or do I create another mini season within a season? And I'm just being completely honest, I am battling with that right now. Because I have been enjoying World of Warcraft, I've been enjoying PUBG. I'll be honest, when I log into Tarkov, I've been enjoying it as well. But what I seek out of a PvP game, Tarkov punishes me for playing the way I want to play, right? by taking my gear away. And so it's, it's an interesting place when there's no progression left in the season. They're basically wanting to stack up just the base gameplay against all these other games out there. I'm just saying it's a really hard decision for me on what to play because I love Tarkov. I want to play Tarkov, but most of my enjoyment comes through progression. And when it's gone, it leaves me wanting, right? I want that story quest that they talked about, but is it going to be next wipe? Is it going to be the wipe after? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. But when they dangle that out there, I'm sitting here like, well, why would I play the game that I just beat for what I wanted to accomplish this season? When at the wipe, I'm going to get something new to try out and experience. You're right. The vast majority of the game is what the game was last wipe, right? They're just iterating on it and adding little chunks in. So at some point it's like, do I really want to do this content again? I'm not to the point where I don't want to do that content again. But looking over the fence and seeing some guys who've been playing for years and years and years, they play the wipe for like two or three weeks and then they're out. (laughs) Like I I experience the new stuff and I move on. And I see this in Diablo. I see this in Path of Exile, right? Path of Exile, I talk to a guy that's like, yeah, I play for the first weekend of a new league and then I'm done. I'm like, man, seasonal games are rough. (laughs) Even some with some persistence attached to them. So 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting design decision. And it all wraps back to that same question that you said, what do we expect? What should we expect? How many patches? And it's like, I don't know what the number is, but I know that every patch that they keep adding onto this beta life cycle puts it at risk of people not wanting to do the same thing over and over again and looking over the fence at what other MMOs are out there? What are other games doing right now? It's, it's, it's a hard design decision. It's a hard thing to be in early access when other things are happening outside of your ecosystem. It's interesting because I'm thinking about this idea that a season has to have a wipe. And I'm thinking about how MMOs accomplish the idea that the game can be fresh, but they don't wipe the game. And they do this through expansion and then basically power increase that makes previous progress somewhat irrelevant. And I'm wondering if Tarkov, from a story perspective or from a quest perspective, could do that. I wonder if instead of, think about this, like instead of a season meaning your character was reset, what if it was an expansion of quests or, you know, they focused on expanding the game instead of they focused on iterating on what's already there. And every time they expanded it, they took one of the current ideas and they made it kind of new and interesting. Because one of the things in Tarkov's level really doesn't matter, kind of irrelevant. There's only two levels that matter, and that's level 10 and level 40. And beyond that, it's largely irrelevant. What if Tarkov didn't wipe your character? What they did is they just added more content, but your character could keep the time investment of the player somehow at the, you know to where it was. I mean. At a certain point, everyone has the traders unlocked at level 40, but I don't know what else that would hurt. What if they released us another set of traders that unlocked at level 50 or something like that? I mean, what do you think about that kind of concept? Because other games do that. I think gating has to happen, and I don't know exactly how Tarkov would go about it. Everything's lootable right now. There's some way to farm every item in the game, even the rarest of stuff. And I, I don't know what the what the gate mechanic would be. I don't know what sort of barriers you would have to be to do that. Because I think developing content for this game, I'm, I'm just like, I'm looking at the life cycle of how long we've been hearing that streets of Tarkov, the new map that's supposed to come next outside of expanding factory, streets of Tarkov is presumably the next thing we'll get as far as a new map. And that's been talked about since we've started, <laughs> right? And we've got the trailer even where they showed the rooms and, and, and how the areas have degraded over time and they put all this work into it. And that's taken years at this point. So if I was looking at it through the lens of other MMOs, that's that's an expansion, right? Could Streets of Tarkov be the one where they say, okay, we're not wiping you. We're just unlocking the level cap to level 100, right? And then, you know, some of these guys that have ground their way out to level 70 or whatever, right? They've got a little bit of a jump start. And maybe it just takes a tremendous amount of time to go from level 70 to 100. That could be a way that they accomplish this. I think that everything that's in the game already lends itself to a system like this. And before you freak out when I say the next thing I'm going to say, hang with me. <laughs> right? Because what I'm thinking about is class 7 armor, class 8 armor, 
other ammunition types or a rebalancing of ammunition types to spread across this. The more realistic they try to keep the game, the harder they're going to have widening the gap and creating a wider spread of content. But I think they could use the systems they already have in place, the class 7, the class 8, class 9, and just keep ramping that up and tiering it and creating these gaps or whatever. And maybe maybe it's not Streets of Tarkov, but maybe it's the arena. Maybe you have to be level 52 to go in the arena and there's gates on what type of armor and ammo you can take in. I mean, they have tons of opportunity with the systems that are already in the game. So you you asked a great question. I do think they can do it, but at some point they either need to spread out the curve and put gates in or expand the system. I think a critical key point to that, at least as I'm sitting here thinking about it, is the realism versus fun, right? Because right now, even with class six armor, there's ammo that just shreds you. And so there's not really... I mean, if you if you add a class seven armor in right now in the current way the game is, you're going to nullify all of the armor classes below it or not armor classes, all the ammo types below it. And so I don't think it could exist in the current ecosystem, but I don't think it would take a lot of tweaking to spread it out and offer it as an expansion type piece of content versus a wipe and oh, hey, we redid everything again. So I guess that's where my mind goes. What do you think about that? I think there's a huge opportunity to really pare back the amount of stuff that's in the game. Tarkov has got way too much stuff. There's way too much ammo. There's way too many gun parts. It's kind of cool and fun until you realize that you have no access to any of it. It's not like there is a gun builder that you can just go look at every single gun part and play around with it. You can only access what you've discovered. After that, you can only buy what you can buy, and the more exotic things to make a gun a certain way are going to be out of most people's price range realistically, or so expensive they're not going to want to use them. So the gun building piece of Tarkov, in the way that they have designed the economy, I think is kind of a miss, so that would be something they would need to really change. So you either change that, the accessibility to the all the different parts that are put in, or they just need to get rid of a bunch of stuff and create a system where they could over time add levels to things. The next armor, class seven armor becomes something, whatever they call it, it doesn't matter, but it just becomes something that's usable in the next iteration or the next map that's unlocked or the next expansion of the map that's unlocked. You know, it just in the whole goal is that there's something that people could look forward to continue to play to try to get with the next expansion of systems and or places to explore or PvP on or whatever. I think that if they continue to just wipe the game and erase the game with and just keep adding more of the same level of things, so let's say they add more tier 2 ammo, they add more tier 1 armor, whatever, and then they wipe the game and say, do it again, do it again, do it again. I think Tarkov is going to get too complicated to be fun because the issue is going to be the learning curve for a new player is going to be so steep to even be competitive. And Tarkov's main draw of player is going to be a PvP person who wants run-and-gun PvP. And if that learning curve to be competitive in Tarkov is X hours of research before you're even remotely competitive, I fear that they're making the game a little bit too unapproachable in its current iteration. 
with that in mind, do you think, I mean, let's look at it a different way. The item saturation and gun saturation is already to a point where they add a ton of stuff into the game and it either makes an entire class of weapon irrelevant or it just there's stuff that doesn't get used a whole lot you know they release the sts9 and it becomes something that people use or it's a meme and then what happens to the ketter and you know and other guns in that class right sometimes they just get forgotten or it's like oh oh the ketter and from an approachability standpoint Everything that they add in in the current model, whether it's armor or guns or bags or whatever, you're right. It's not doing anything to help the new player. And for existing players, it's something to do for a little while. But if it's not competitive at the highest levels, you're not going to see a ton of people use it, at least for those that are doing you know, high end PvP or whatever else. You'll see people use anything. And that is something that's intriguing about the game. But it's like they put all these, you know, they put the the vector, they put the UMP 45. And then once it got discovered that the, you know, the nine millimeter vector just stomps it and, the, you know, the 45 millimeter ammo just got super expensive. It's like, well, no one's going to run that because nine millimeter is just way easier to get a hold of and it shreds and it has a faster rate of fire and all this. So there is a point where it becomes just too complex. (laughs) You're still shooting and killing somebody, right? It's cool to have new guns. It's cool to mess around with gun parts and stuff. But I don't think that's enough content to warrant a patch or to warrant excitement, right? It's it's always going to be cool if your favorite firearm that is not currently in Tarkov, if it comes into the game, there's going to be a pocket of people that are like, this is the greatest thing ever. I finally have my gun or I finally have this gun. I'm going to use it. I don't care what anybody else thinks. That's always going to happen. They're going to hit small targets with that. But I agree. I don't I don't think it's really adding a whole lot to the core mechanics of the game. In fact, it's not. It's just adding, you know, a slightly different skin on it. Now, I enjoy firing the new guns and see what's going on, but it's not like it's not revolutionary. There's no gun that's been added that I'm just like, man, this is amazing. It's either competitive with the top end guns or it's not. And those are really the only two options, because if it's in between that, it's not going to get used. And if it's not competitive, it may work out with memes and people will mess around with it there. But if it is competitive, it'll just get abused to the point where something has to get done. So it's it's a fascinating thing in Tarkov. But, you know, when we're looking at balancing from that standpoint, I want to ask you, right, as somebody who you know, you, you've played Tarkov, you PvP in other games. If they were to expand the levels or make the progression slower, right? So whether that means they make it take a ton more experience to level up or they expand it out to like, say, open it up to level 100. Do you think level bracketing could work in some meaningful way? Like if you're level 0 to 25 and you queue into customs, you're going to be up against players 0 to 25, right? Because that's how a lot of games bracket. They bracket based on experience or level or gear level. It's not necessarily skill of the player, but I, I, I was thinking about that, which is just an alternative way to, to bracket. What do you think about that? It's kind of like a MMR system of some kind, right? The way to guarantee that the games are a little bit more competitive based upon at least where the progression of the player is in the game. I think that's actually a great idea. I think that it would probably 
stop on the early end, it would stop a lot of people from quitting. Let's say the first bracket was zero to 10 and you were playing with people who were just as clueless as you were at that point and just as eager and want to have some fun at that point versus four level 10s and one level 60. And the level 60 is wearing an Alton in class six and going to come in and just dominate everybody else. I think that kind of gameplay is fun for the level 60 to a point, and then it's not even fun for the level 60. I think that that would help that problem because Tarkov does have a problem in that way where, like you mentioned a couple episodes ago, the guy in factory messaged you and you're like, I'm just trying to quest, man. And you're in here you know, destroying me with Metagear. And that's part of the game, right? But at a certain point, you're like, yeah, that is kind of what happens. You finish everything that's there, and then you start griefing people because that's really all that's left. And it depends what kind of games you like to play. For some people, that's fun. And that's part of the game and part of the way that FPS games work. So go ahead and do that. Uh, Some people don't find that to be satisfying gameplay. I think that Tarkov, if they had a way that they could intentionally queue players together that were at similar level, it would create a better experience, I think, overall. Because instead of getting somebody who's bored and high level just going to grief around, you would get a bunch of people trying to do the same task. So it actually would make PvP around the same kinds of tasks and the same reason for going to a map. And the high-level people would queue that in, and they would be a bunch of high-level people, and it would just be a giant PvP, you know, fest, which is what it should be at that level. That's what it should be. I mean, the best, I think, Tarkov experience for a high-level player would be logging in the factory with four other other level 60s who are sweated up and ready to go. I mean, that is going to be a fun experience, right? And then you're going to drop in some player scavs in there and you're going to make it a totally random experience. And I think that provides a dynamic shooter game, you know, at the end of the Tarkov journey, you know, that we've talked about. But if you're going into factory to do your tasks at level 17 or level 20, and there's four other level 60s in there, that's not going to be fun. You're just going to die and you're going to have to go back and do it all over again. And you're going to say, okay, this just isn't right. The game doesn't present me a way of reasonably accomplishing what it's asking me to do. And I think that is a huge problem in Tarkov, whether or not they do bracketing or however they approach that. I do think that is a huge design gap in Tarkov currently. The other side of that, which you sort of touched on briefly, is like the high-end PvP and stuff like that. So it, it would raise questions like, you know, if you were a level 50 to 70, right? And, and who knows where these brackets are, whether it's every 10 levels or 15 or 30, it doesn't really matter. But if, if on the high end, the question becomes, would players that are higher level wait I guess I don't know the curve of the levels, right? I'm going off of the data that we have, right? So that the players that are higher level, would they wait for a longer queue time to play against other players of the same caliber or level, right? Caliber is not even relevant of the same level. That's all we're talking about here, right? So that's a question. Would they wait later in the wipe? Would someone who's level two wait for a queue to pop if there weren't as many low level players? Right. Those are the questions that would have to be answered. Is there enough population across all of the, you know, various brackets that could be made for that to work? That'd be an interesting design question. Now, you hit on something that I think would be interesting, but it can also get abused. 
in interesting ways, right? Like if you just hit level 40 and now you know you're up into this next bracket, you know, are you going to start seeing like level 40s, you know, Q and in pistol run because they know that now they can get the gear from the big dogs, <laughs> right? Or will you see people trying to like artificially stay at the top of a cap so that they could, you know, kill lower level people? And, and you see this in other games, right? You see people twink out or, you know, do things to really get their gear levels to an insane level so that they can grief other players within the bracket. So it's never going to be a perfect system. But I do think that, you know, largely level is based on time in game or efficiency in game. So whether you get to level, you know, 40 plus in a week or you get to level 40 plus in a couple weeks or month or whatever, I, I wonder if there's anybody who would be against that or I wonder if there's a I wonder what the argument against that would be, you know, that 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 wouldn't be a good thing. Or is the allure of Tarkov that, you know, is it is it is it a core design that you as a level one could run into a very high level player and hit that crazy shot that goes through their face shield and kill them? Is that necessary for the Tarkov experience? Right. That's the design question that I think it boils down to. And personally, I don't think it is. I think it's cool when it does happen, but I don't think it actually happens that often. I do think most players have experienced a David versus Goliath moment in Tarkov, and it's very memorable, but I don't know how critical that is when you measure it against something like, you know, you know when you're starting out, the highest level player you're going to run into is level 10 or 20 or 25 or whatever they decide that bracketing would be. So that you're not, boy, I watched Landmark for six months before I bought this game. And man, I don't want to be in a game with Landmark. <laughs> you know, you, that I, I just wonder if that feeling, that experience is more powerful to a player continuing to play Tarkov when weighed against the uh, David versus Goliath situation. And that's that's where I was kind of battling back and forth in my head as you were explaining that, because I think you outlined it really well, is that it could fix a couple of those problems and then it would create a new set of them. But those are the two things that I think are battling right there is does David and Goliath need to be in the game or could we smooth out the competition a little bit and, you know, maybe maybe remove the need for an arena map. Maybe it's just kind of known that once you get to level 60, it's on no matter what map you go to. I don't know. I don't know. I, it would be a fascinating experiment for a beta game. <laughs> so that's kind of where I landed on that. Yeah, I think it would be really interesting. Again, I'm not 100% sure why I fall on it either, but I would just say that I think that Tarkov is going to have to solve two major problems as we push forward here in the beta process. Every game has to find new players and get them to want to play the game and continue to play the game in the earliest stages of their game experience. So in Tarkov, we're talking like level one to five. And then the second challenge the game always has is once those players are kind of hooked and they're playing, what is going to end up happening is the end game experience has to be meaningful or something that's interesting and repeatable. And Tarkov's going to have to develop that as beta kind of goes along. And at some point, I think our final thought in this beta conversation, really, we could end on how does a game with such a long beta still feel fresh when it launches? You know, what is the 
excitement thing that they're going to be able to point to. You know, and we may not know the answer to that, but what could it be? Yeah, that's a that's a fascinating way to frame that, right? That's the opportunity. That's the excitement because this storyline and all these things that we've talked about, that could be what they're planning, right? Maybe they want to launch the game with just a massive amount of storyline content that we haven't seen, right? And, and I've seen the rumors or I think it's been talked about, you know, where the stuff that we're doing right now is the side quests. Right. At least that's what they've said. Or I've had people, you know, when I start talking about this on stream or in discord, people will say, well, we're just doing the side quests right now. And I'm like, well, if that's true, why do they keep getting messed with? <laughs> right? Why are they so focused on changing and iterating on these side quests if they're really not that important to the overall game? So I have a hard time believing that that's the full truth. I think that may be just an out that they use to say, well, it's not done yet. It's not done yet. Wait, wait, wait. It, it may end up being that, but it feels like it's pretty well fleshed out to not have uh, for it to not be a pretty key role in the game, having been this way for so long in this beta. So I guess as we're wrapping up here, I mean, the question that I'm battling through in my mind is what do I want to see in this game in the transition period from beta to release? What would make me really excited? Right. And, and anyone who's listening or watching. What do you want this game to be when it releases? What would need to change? Like if you were designing the game, what would you want to see in the game before it was live? That's where my mind kind of explodes because I don't know what the minimum acceptable amount is for me, having experienced a lot of what this game has to offer already. So that's that's really what I would ask anybody. What do you think needs to be in this game for it to go 1.0? I agree. Let's talk about that next week. I think that's a great topic for next week's show. We'll leave that as something for everyone to look forward to our answer to that question. But in the meantime, why don't you go ahead and leave us an answer to that question in the comment section on YouTube or in the Discord episode feedback section. We'd love to hear from you there. And let's talk about uh, what we think about beta, how we think the game needs to change before it launches. Of course, that's an ongoing topic. And we're really curious, can a game with such a long beta still feel fresh when it launches? So let's, let's get some discussion going on beta in episode feedback. But that's about it for this week. Thank you everyone for listening. The green bar is starting to flash, which means we are moments away from disappearing. But before we do, thank you as always for listening to the show. Be sure to Check us out in Discord. Like we mentioned, we have a very active Discord community there. If you're a new player and this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, check out Discord. The link will be in the show notes. If you're an old veteran of the podcast and you haven't joined Discord, join Discord. It's about time. We've been all waiting for you to join Discord. There's cake. There possibly is cake. If there's anything that you'd like us to change about the show, if you have feedback, believe it or not, we do actually read the comments and we enjoy getting constructive feedback from folks that listen to the show. So go ahead, send us a DM in Discord. You could always send it to me at Ronald and I do check those messages. Tag me in a message in a channel, tag me uh, in a straight uh, DM to me. On Twitter, you can send that to at Ronald Gaming. And of course, you can email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. A couple times a week, I do hang out in MTB Trigger's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash MTB Trigger. We watch Trigger play games and we have a generally have a good time there. Yeah, so like Ronald said, you can find me on Twitch a couple days a week, uh, usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the afternoons central time. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, just about anywhere, including Discord at MTB Trigger. 
Uh, feel free to DM me, whatnot, or tag me in any conversation going on in Discord. And if I have time, I'll chime in. Uh, I've actually had some great conversations this week in Discord that uh, had people tag me in or that I just happened to be browsing and found. So yeah, come check out the Twitch stream if you haven't, but that's how you can get me. Be sure to check out YouTube at youtube.com slash now. We have a bunch of guides and a bunch of content up there on Tarkov and PUBG. And of course, we have the PUBG podcast too over there if you are interested in checking that out. But that's about it for this week. Good luck in all your raids. Whatever you're doing at this phase in the wipe, we hope you're successful at doing it. And we'll see you next time. See everybody. Thank you. Thank you.